Speak, for your servants are listening. I speak in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The story of the calling of Samuel is one of the most beloved stories in the Bible, and for good reason. A young boy, just beginning his training for the priesthood, is apprenticed to an older, wiser priest, and then he hears the voice of God calling him, and he presents himself. Here I am. Preachers often use this story to preach about how each one of us is called by God, and each one of us may humbly present ourselves to the Lord when he calls. All true. This story inspired a beloved hymn, which you've heard, I swear, if you've ever attended a Roman Catholic Mass, Here I Am, Lord. The hymn is arranged so that the verses are the voice of God calling out, wondering whom to send to God's people to do God's will. Each verse ends with this question, whom shall I send? The refrain answers with the words of Samuel with a little touch of Isaiah. The music soars. It's a little schmaltzy, true, but most people I know, including me, tear up a bit as we sincerely sing, Here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? I have heard you calling in the night. I will go, Lord, if you lead me. I will hold your people in my heart. And we tear up because we imagine ourselves nobly humbly offering ourselves to God, which we should. But that reading somewhat misses the point, I think, of the story that we hear today from the first book of Samuel. Perhaps because the lectionary allows us to skip the second half of the story that we've included, included it today, we sometimes mishear this story. For in this book, we learn about the young Samuel, dedicated by his mother Hannah to the temple, to God, to thank God for providing her a son after years of barrenness. As a boy, Samuel studies under Eli, the great priest, who is the next to last judge of Israel, before there were kings, called to guide the nation in God's ways. But Eli, though a good and pious man, has failed in his calling because he has failed to restrain his sons, Hophni and Phinehas, also priests, who have abused their office, disregarded God, using their roles to enrich themselves and to abuse women of the temple. And though the priest Eli has admonished his sons, he's prayed for them, he's, he fears for them, he has not been able to change them. And now the wise old priest whose eyesight is growing dim, the priest acts as a father figure to Samuel, Samuel who does not yet know the Lord, yet who is being called by God in the middle of the night. But Samuel mistakes this voice for the voice of Eli over and over. Here I am, he says, with childish trust, presenting himself to Eli. 
This all happens during a time when the nation is in terrible trouble. The leadership is weak and corrupt. The word of God is now rare in the land, yet the lamp of God in the temple has not yet gone out. There is still some hope. And though Eli's family is a mess, his leadership a failure, his priesthood in shambles, he's still wise enough to know, though blind he can still see, that it is God who is calling Samuel. And so he gives Samuel words that are better than here I am, which are after all about presenting ourselves, focusing on us. Instead, Eli instructs Samuel to say this, speak for your servant is listening. Here I am is good to say, but it focuses on what we are to do next. Speak for your servant is listening, focuses on hearing what God has to say focuses on God, not ourselves. And when Samuel responds to God's call that way, what an earful he gets. He hears that his beloved mentor Eli and his sons will be removed from power forever. For Hophni and Phinehas sinned against God, and Eli did not restrain him. The rest of the story is that Samuel himself takes Eli's place, becoming a kingmaker. Because of him, Saul, then David, rule over Israel, though Samuel always warns the people not to idolize political leaders. And, like Eli, he has no luck in restraining his own sons. But back to today's reading. After Samuel hears what God has to say, he's afraid to share the message with Eli. But Eli tells him to hide nothing, so Samuel tells all how he and his sons will be removed forever. Then comes a profound moment. Eli responds, It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. What a response. What trust? It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. Here we see the difference between a childish faith and a childlike trust. We see the enthusiasm of a young Samuel evolve from presenting himself to his mentor to listening to God. And then we see what an evolution from that into the wisdom and faith of an old priest, disappointed and disappointing, but who still trusts the Lord, who will hear the truth, even when the message is a hard one. That is tough, resilient faith. In our nation, we set aside a day tomorrow to honor and celebrate the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. As with all heroic figures in our nation's history, it is easy to soften his edges. We have tried to make him more palatable, a cuddly soft toy to make us feel better about ourselves especially in a time when our national life, our national health, is troubled. 
but we Christians have many reasons to remember the Reverend Dr. King, mainly for how tough his faith was. He was a man who allowed himself to be drafted to lead the civil rights work already underway in the South. When God asked, whom shall I send? Dr. King responded, here I am. But his faith grew stronger and tougher. He had studied theology. He was a child of scripture. And so he listened, inviting the truth. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. He listened to God in prayer. He listened to the word of God in scripture, especially the prophets. And that listening to the truth of God led Dr. King into danger. It led him to challenge authority, even friends who couldn't face the truth of God, which is that all of us are made in the image of God, worthy of dignity. They didn't want to hear the truth that God hates our sacrifices, despises our worship if they're not accompanied by justice for the poor. Dr. King knew that he would pay a cost when he expanded his work to demand justice, not only for all races, but also for all classes, organizing the Poor People's March on Washington. His commitment to nonviolence led him, led him to speak against the war in Vietnam, and both of those things lost him favor with other leaders in the civil rights movement, including elected leaders who he had eventually won over, but whom he was now criticizing. Dr. King knew that he would be assassinated. He knew he did not have long to live. But the word, the justice of God, was like a fire shut up in his bones, a truth he could not silence. And when he saw his own future cut short like Eli, he seems to have bowed himself, saying, It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. In fact, in 1956, King had what is called the kitchen table epiphany, a night spent in his kitchen praying over a cup of coffee, begging God for guidance, acknowledging to God his fears that he couldn't lead this movement. He would fail. People would turn on him. And that night he had an epiphany. He asked God to speak, and what he heard, he shared later, 11 years later, not long before he was murdered. Here's what he heard from God. He said, it seemed at that moment I could hear an inner voice saying to me, Martin Luther, stand up for righteousness, stand up for justice, stand up for truth, and lo, I will be with you even until the end of the world. I heard the voice of Jesus saying still to fight on. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. Is it not another way to say, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. In these days, I'm wondering, I'm wondering now, how not to have a childish trust 
bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, certain that all is for the best and the best of all possible worlds. No, I'm hoping for a childlike trust, like Samuel, like Eli, like Dr. King, a trust that I am, we are in God's hands, and so we can hear, we can speak, we can act in God's truth. I am hoping to believe that all shall be well, not because it will turn out the way I want it, but perhaps that if I listen for the Lord, I will hear him, trusting God to do what seems good to him. After all, the word God speaks is his only begotten son, the one who bids us to follow wherever he leads. And so I pray, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.